Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, at the start of this series, I was like, Lord, please get me through to at least lay these here. <laughs> and you know what? We're not going to get through all the lay these here today. <laughs> you know, because uh, God is good. You know, uh, oh, first, you know, thank you for Phil. That's right, all the time. All the time. Thank you for Phil for bringing the word on Philadelphia last week. Um, appreciate it, brother. Um, yes. So, uh, thank you for that. You know, uh, one thing with Laodicea is, you know, we hear, um, you know, I've said it before, we, we, we hear pastors and leaders, Christians in general, that say, you know, the Church of America is like Laodicea. You know, when you truly read it and you truly study it out, we better pray we're not like Laodicea. <laughs> you know, but all seven churches, we, we have some form of remnants. Uh, of them, you know, all throughout history, whether it's uh, church movements, whether it's in our own Christian walk, we, we may not, like I talked about weeks ago, we may not experience the persecution like they did in Smyrna, you know, but we'll experience some persecution, but not to the extent that they did in, in, in some of these cities, but, you know, I, I shared with my wife this week that, you know, if we have leaders, ministers, deacons, whoever, um, and we, we say that, you know, the church in America is like Laodicea, then that's really on us. That Because that, that's really a slap in the face to the church. All right. Um, they received the harshest rebuke out of all seven of these. They, they, they definitely received the harshest rebuke. But it doesn't mean that Jesus didn't love them. Right? Because he, he does. He, he chastises those whom he loves. Right? So if he didn't love them, he would have just left them alone. With no warning, no nothing. And, and that's the goodness about Jesus. So even in this walk, even if we start to stray or whatever we do, if we, we, we start to get off course, he's going to rebuke us. <laughs> he's going to come. He's going to chastise us. And, 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 but our eyes have to be open to that. Right? Because I don't know if any of y'all done this, but sometimes you hear a word being spoken or you read the Bible. That's not me. That brother or sister so-and-so. Right? It, it, maybe it's just me. Maybe I've only done that. Right? <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. This week I'm not the only one. But I'll take ownership of it. I've done that. I've done that plenty of times. Right? But, you know, even, at, at, you know, I love you all. I'm praying for you all hard this week. And, uh, you know, thank you for your prayers for me. You know, we have to, in this walk, because we are in the last, last days. We are definitely in the last days, you know, um, there's going to come a falling away. Second, that's the only use. Paul warns us of that. There's going to come a falling away, right? That falling away is going to be Christians that are actually walking with him that's going to fall away, right? And in our minds, it's kind of hard for us to, to picture that, right? Because I can't, you know, I know some people, they start on the Lord, they start on fire, and then they kind of cool off, right? So it, the church where... Um, First church out there, I got saved, where we attended uh, New Life in uh, Legend of Connecticut. The pastor, I always used to wonder why after I got saved, he used to be kind of, I don't know if cold is the word, I guess nonchalant sometimes. But he said after a while, it wasn't directly towards me, but he said he would just watch people sometimes after they get saved. Because some, especially men, you know, they'll come up sometimes and they may boo-hoo, 
and stuff for a week or two, and then come a month or two later, they're back out there running around in the world and things like that. So I guess in a sense, without him saying that, I guess he's just watching the fruit bear, bear fruit, you know. But when we read the word and we hear the word, we have to learn to look at ourselves, right? Because none of us are perfect in that aspect. You know, we, we may strive to be sometimes, but, you know, sometimes we're going to fail. But the thing is, you know, in this walk, it should never be a struggle to stay in relationship with the Lord, right? It should never be a struggle for us to stay in relationship with the Lord. Now, it may be a struggle sometimes for people to become mature in the things of the Lord, right? But never um, a struggle for us in our relationship and our walk with the Lord, right? And, and, and sometimes we, we can find it hard. We, what I mean by hard is, you know, even when we read the Word, right? There is none of us in here, none of us in Virginia, none of us in this country, none of us in this world that's going to understand everything in this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. That's right. Did anybody in here understand everything in this Bible from Genesis to Revelation? I'm not raising my hand. I'm just because <laughs> I promise you, I don't. Right? It, you know, so we we can't beat ourselves up sometimes when we don't understand something. Right? Because I can tell you, there's times where I go to the Word and the Lord just illuminates my mind and just gives me stuff. Right? And I just going from scripture to scripture, things that I haven't read. And I usually learn to start taking notes down, right? Because I can come right back a week and a half later, come back to the same scripture. Wait a minute. The Lord just showed me something. He just gave me. Why is it clicking? Right? So then I go back to my notes, right? So there's nothing wrong with us picking up a commentary sometimes, Googling. My wife and kids will tell you, Google it. I tell them sometimes, go Google the answer, right? <laughs> They don't like that sometimes, but, you know, sometimes we, we, we have to learn. But, you know, but that's why God's given us the fivefold ministry, right? Because we're not going to understand everything. But in that, in this walk, we got to learn to be careful. What we've done, we've, and y'all have heard me say, we've kind to, uh, we, we tend to, as a church, uh, teach our opinions on things like that. And uh, instead of sticking to the Bible, what's in the Bible, right? It, it, I, I know, since some of y'all been coming in, y'all probably heard some stuff that you ain't never heard before, right? I read some stuff that I wasn't taught, right? Um, I've served some, uh, under some good pastors, and some, you know, not that they weren't good, but some, I'm like, oh, well, I guess they were kind of off. Like, well, I guess not kind of off, they were off, right? <laughs> and some of them still tend to be that way, but we have to learn as Christians, it, you know, when we look at these seven churches here, it was never God's design for us to just flow, to go along with the culture, per se, right? He created the church for us to be counterculture, right? We, we're supposed to be counter the culture, right? So we're in this world, but not of this world. We, we're, we're ambassadors of the Lord, right? So... We're going to look like everybody else, right? We're going to look like everybody else, but we don't act like everybody else, right? It, if we're bearing fruit, we shouldn't act like everybody else. Now, we got some people that do profess Christ that kind of act like, well, no kind of, they do act like the world, right? And that turns some people off, right? That, that, that gives, not us, but Christ a bad name, right? And I talked about it, I forgot which one it was, that, you know, we just, when we go out and we do things, 
we don't just affect, well, I think it was, I forgot what the series, um, which church it was, but um, we can bring a poor reflection to people about God. Right? So it's important for us to, as we read the scriptures, even in our private time, that we look in the mirror. Right? We have to look in the mirror, right? The scripture should not be confrontational. Right? We, we should not be finding ourselves getting confrontational, arguing with people about the scriptures. God don't need us to do that. Right? He doesn't need us to do that. You know, people do that in form of apologetics, and I'm not sure that if that's fully godly or not. Right? I haven't done no research on it, but I know enough that a lot of men tend to do it. And I talked about that before, but we men, we can argue about anything. That's why we men, when we get together about sports, we just talking about sports. And we can argue about sports. So we can tend to argue about everything and anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Right? So now you have all these sports stations and they got all these uh, talk debates on there. And they're, all they're doing is arguing. All they're doing is stuff that me and my friends did years ago. Right? They stole our ideas. Right? <laughs> they, so they're making millions of dollars stealing our ideas. And probably your ideas as well. Right? Because that's all we do. Since we were kids, that's all males do. We just argue about anything. Right? And uh, so they're making millions of dollars now. Right? <laughs> but, so let, let's talk a little bit about ladies. And we probably won't even get into Revelation today, but I am going to talk about ladies. You know, because even in this, I, I, I learned a lot, some new things in this. So, you know, it, it's nine verses dealing with ladies. It's, it's the second most uh, written out of all seven. Um, in chapter 2 and uh, chapter 3. And, and the thing about Laodicea is, like I mentioned, it received the harshest rebuke. And um, let's look at the, the, the name itself, what it means, right? So the name Laodicea actually means rule of the people, right? So what that means is it's a church that is well represented, a church that is run by the majority rule. So basically, it's a church that is democracy-based. Right? And to us, living in this country, we're like, well, we're a democracy, kind of, sort of. Um, I'm not going to break all that down, but kind of, sort of. We're, we're like a democracy slash republic. And uh, we would be like, hey, that's a good thing. right? But what we have to understand is this. That was never God's intention for us. That, well, definitely, that was never God's intention even with Israel because he wanted to rule them. Right? So even when uh, Samuel... God told him, said, look, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. See, so even when he had Moses, he, he picked Moses to lead them out of Egypt, he was still trying to be their king and their ruler. But what they wanted, what they looked at was what was going on in the culture around them. And they said, well, we want a man to lead us. Right? And then God handpicked, he picked Saul. Right? So Saul wasn't always bad. But it doesn't matter if it was Saul. It doesn't matter if it was David. Think about this. They chose a man to lead them. An imperfect human being to lead them instead of the true and living God. Think about that. So every, if they would have never asked for that, if they would have always been obedient to him, to the Lord, think about it. They would have never lost the battle. They would have been healthy. All these things that would have... but. They chose something secondhand <laughs> instead of the best, right? So, and, and, and true, history shows us that really 
the best form of government is a monarch government with the king, right? What we do sometimes, even in this country, we, we tend to look at democracy because we have a lot of freedoms in this country, right? And then what, for those who have traveled to other countries, that's what kind of makes the other countries upset with the United States because we haven't been around as long as they are, but then we want to tell them, hey, you should do this, follow us, and they get upset about it, right? But that's not always a good thing because ultimately that was never God's intention for that. But even as a church, we have to be careful of that because what happens is we have churches that may be, uh, what is it? Ran by the congregation, ran by the deacons or whoever, right? But God has a set order on how he does things. And Laodicea, the church, not only the church, but the city kind of got away from that. But on the natural, it would look like it's a good thing because it's the people ruling, the people voting, and, and, and again, the majority is ruling. But that, that kind of left them in a place, again, of... We, we're all familiar. We were all ready, right? They, they, they're not on fire for them, right? They, they're, they're in between, right? And even when we look at it for even our government, right? We, we can be in between, right? We got one group that wants one, another group that wants, well, and then what happens? Clash, <laughs> fighting, this time of year. We're coming into it, right? So we have to be careful that we don't go with the culture, that we are counterculture. Right? So we are to be Christ-like, right? We don't have to go. We don't have to make waves, right? And again, I'm not telling you not to vote, but we have to be careful on how we do things and we're not just fitting in and going with the flow of the culture because it is easy to do, and if we start to do that, now we can find ourselves getting like Laodicea or any of these other churches that because God has a way. God has a standard, right? There's no such thing as, never mind. <laughs> so, because <laughs> I'm going somewhere where I don't want to go. All right, so Lady Lisa is known for uh, three things, right? So, number one, and, and the reason why I'm giving you these background now is because y'all heard me say that Jesus communicated in the language to all seven of these churches that they would understand. So, if we just read over the things that we're going to read over in Lady Lisa, we will kind of glance over these things without knowing the fullness of why he's speaking to him the way he is. So, Laodicea was, number one, known for uh, a black wool that they had. It was like a black wool that came from ravens. And they would take this type of wool and they would inter, uh, interweave, sew it into other clothing, which turned out to end up being expensive clothing. Right? And they would take this clothing and they would sell it. And they would make tunics, and things like that, and they would sell it. People would come. They were Laodicea was along a, a, a long a, a trade route, so people would come and stop by Laodicea. Laodicea was uh, near two other cities as well, so we're familiar with Tri City areas here, right? With the Colonial Heights, Petersburg, and Hopewell, right? So Laodicea had their own Tri City area, mm -hmm. right? So it was Laodicea, it was Heropolis, and it was Colossae, which is um, the letter to the Colossians, right? They were all uh, uh, Colossae was about nine miles from Laodicea, and Heropolis was about six miles, and, and that's important. We'll come back to that later on, right? So they will have this rule. So Colossae was along this trade route as well. So because they will have this wool, guess what? Um, and they will sell this. It caused them to become very wealthy, right? So 
They were known for this war, and they were also known for their wealth, right? Laodicea, even before the Rome came and, and, and took over and became the empire, they had always been wealthy. Uh, they had a large Jewish population there that moved there from when um, the Jews left Babylon, right? And this is how wealthy they were. They would send 9,000 kilograms of gold to Jerusalem every year, right? That's about almost 2,000 pounds of gold. That's a lot. That, that's a lot of wealth. That's a lot of wealth for today, let alone back then. So that's how they were also known for their banking system. That's how wealthy they were. So when you think of Laodicea, I've never been there, but I heard. We all know Beverly Hills, expensive, right? Uh, Boca Raton, Florida, very expensive. So when we think of Laodicea, those are the type of places we need to think of because the wealthy was going to reside there. And while they're along this trade route, people were coming and people were going. All through, all through this, it's about, I think it was about 40 miles, I think, from uh, Philadelphia. So, Laodicea was so wealthy that Phil mentioned last week about the earthquake that happened in Philadelphia. So, the earthquake always also hit Laodicea as well. So, this, how, this is how wealthy they were that they didn't need government assistance. They said, we'll pay for it ourselves. So, you know how we have FEMA? and natural disasters, uh, personal property assistance, that didn't start here. That started back then. So when they had this earthquake, the empire, the, the emperor, would send funding to all these different cities that experienced this destruction. And, and it would help them to build their houses, rebuild the city, rebuild their businesses. This was nothing new that takes place today. But Laodicea was the only one that said, hey, we don't need your money. That, that's how rich they were. Right, so again, they were known for their wool, they were known for their wealth, and they were also known for uh, their medicines. Right, they they had a they had a famous medical school there. There was another. Uh, they served the same uh, mythological god, uh, Asclepios, which I talked about it before. Where we had that famous medical staff that's today that medical symbol with the staff of state. Well, guess what? They worshipped him too. They had a temple uh, that was um, devoted to him there. And in that temple, they had the medical school that was associated. So people will come from all over to get trained as medical professionals. Now, their key practice in medicine was for the ears, but mainly for the eyes. They were basically ophthalmologists. What? How do you say? Ophthalmologists. Ophthalmologists. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> that, so that's what they were. So they developed a, a, a powder that was called freaking powder, and they would take this powder and they would mix it with water and it would um, form a, a paste-like substance and they would take this paste-like substance and place it on the eyes. And it was said to provide healing to the eyes. So basically, when we read in Laodicea and it talks about the eye saw, that's what it's talking about. right? It's talking, so they would take that, place it on the eyes, and then also some would place it on the ears as well. So people would come from all over to try to get this eye saw Right? So they're buying this, and some would try to have it shipped to them as well. So that's another way that they made money, and that was well. But years later, like years, 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 hundreds of years later, they found out that there was no healing method <laughs> to that eye saw. So somebody, people made a lot of money off of nothing. I guess kind of like today with the medicines today. So, <laughs> so again, nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> so... So what you know, we we 
I talk about with uh, the Church of Ephesus that that was the main one that we knew the most about because we, we learned from the book of Acts and we learned from um, the Ephesian letters that Paul wrote, right? So really, Laodicea is the second one we can know about because it's not just mentioned in Revelation, but it's also mentioned in Colossians, right? So let's turn to uh, Colossians. Colossians chapter 4. So y'all bear with me because I'm kind, of, I, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to history and stuff like that. So I like to talk. But it, it's important for when we get there. <laughs> so things, we will read it, things don't go over our head. <laughs> Alright, so Colossians chapter 4, looking at verse 16. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So now, real quick, the epistle that was from Laodicea, we have no record of that. We, so we don't know what that epistle said, but we know what the letter to the Colossians has, because we have all four chapters here, right, to, to, um, to read and, and study out. So why would Paul tell them, Hey, make sure it gets read to make sure it gets sent and read to the Laodiceans. Why? Because they're all right there. So more than likely, what Laodicea, what um, the city of Colossus was dealing with was probably the same thing that was going on in Laodicea. That's why he would say, "Hey, now we know all the church letters are all universal, right? So it is the gospel. So you've heard me say the gospel can be read, can be preached anywhere, anywhere throughout the world, but." He's specifically telling them, hey, make sure this gets to Laodicea. So, again, that more than likely, Laodicea is dealing with whatever Colossians are dealing with. So, we know that Paul, at the time that he write this letter, we, we know based on Colossians chapter 1, that he had never visited the city of Colossus. More than likely, he probably never been to Laodicea, neither. So, most scholars think that Epaphras, based on scripture and Paul's writing, that he probably was the one that started the church in Colossus, and more than likely, Laodicea as well. So, what can we gather from Colossians about Laodicea? So, the Colossian church and what was going on there is, when we read about it, it talks about the preeminence of Christ, right? Because what they were dealing with was Gnosticism and mysticism, right? And we will be like, oh man, I don't deal with that. But again, remember when I said we're supposed to be countercultural? Sometimes we got to allow these things to creep in into the church. And we may find ourselves doing these things and experiencing things and not realizing we're actually doing it. Right? So, first, let's find out what Gnosticism is. Alright. So, Gnosticism, uh, Gnostic in simple terms, believes in acquiring special mystical knowledge as the means for salvation. According to Gnostic beliefs, there is a great God that is good and perfect, but impersonable and unknowable. Right? So, we, we, as Christians, we know God is knowable. Right? We know, just based on the word, we can get to know him. Right? We know as we come, and we, we come to the Lord that he comes to our hearts, and we know him like we didn't know him before. Right? So, again, doesn't mean 100% we, we may, Christians may go, I'm not going to say we, Christians may go into Nazism and mysticism, but... These things are creeping into the church. And, and see, what, what's interesting is the things that the Laodicean church dealt with. There's two big movements that are taking place in the church today. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. 
Alright, this is one. Alright, so the Gnostic is pursuing goodness, but instead of seeking to be regenerated by Christ, he grabs hold of a man-centered purpose for living. Wait a minute. Man-centered purpose. That sounds like a lot of things that go on today. Right? So, have we not heard? We probably said that, sir. Or, I'm going to get my blessing. I'm going to get my blessing. Or, I'm going to give so God can bless me. Right? So, that's making it man-centered where we're making it about us. And not about God. And we have to be careful of that. See, these are the things that are allowed to creep in. Or, we probably heard people say, oh, you give God his word back. And you, he's obligated to do this. And that way you demand it. You demand it from God. That's making a man centered. Even with our music today, some not all of it, but some of the Christian music becomes man-centered. It's all about me. Me, 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 and my feelings. Right? And sometimes you can't even tell if it they're singing about Christ or a man. Or a woman. <laughs> we can't tell. Because it's all about feelings, our feelings. Right? Our needs, that's making things man-centered when it's supposed to be God-centered. And these are things that are taking place in the church today. All right? Gnostic thought makes man wise in his own eyes. So Isaiah 5.21 says this, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Proverbs, Isaiah 5.21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Proverbs 3.7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So what we have sometimes, we have people who come who are so super spiritual that they're giving revelation and knowledge and how they can get so close to God. And these are things we have to be careful of. These are the things that the church in Colossus is dealing with as well as Laodicea and Heropolis. We're all dealing with. And again, there's nothing new under the sun. These are the same things that are taking place in the body of Christ today, and God does not like it. It's not of God. Right? We can't we can't, well, hold on I'm getting ahead of myself. Alright, so I talked about narcissism, and now we got uh, mysticism. Right? Because that's another thing that they were dealing with. They were dealing with mysticism. They had Jews that were coming and saying, well, you know what? Yeah, Jesus was good. He's okay. Yeah, he died, but they were pla placing him down. And they were coming in with Gnostic beliefs and this mysticism. Right? And we're like, well, we don't do that today because we talk about Christ. Well, let's see. Mysticism is the belief that people can directly experience God or true reality rather than through books, ritual, or other people. Well, wait a minute. That's not us. Right? Well, yeah, it is. We know we got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Right? But we have a whole movement that all they talk about is the Holy Spirit. That's practicing mysticism. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? Somebody. Comforter. Yeah. Advocate. Yep. Right? Comforter. Comforter, yep. Absolutely. There's more. Exactly. <laughs> Something else. But... Point us to Jesus. Yep. Thank you. Exactly. If we talk about the Holy Spirit, wait, wait, first of all, what did Jesus come to do? He, did he come glorify himself? No. He came to glorify the Father. When he was on earth, who did the Father glorify? Jesus. Yeah. What did Jesus say? The Holy Spirit will go to glorify. John 14, turn there. 
don't misunderstand what I'm, I'm saying. The Holy Spirit is God. But the Holy Spirit has a role. And that is to glorify Jesus. So if we glorify the Holy Spirit and not Jesus, we're exalting someone. We stop them getting into the danger of mysticism. I'm telling you now. Thank you, Lord. I'm just giving you this. It's up to you to absorb it or practice. Like I told you before, blood won't be on my hands. Right? All right. John 14, 26. That's why I'm giving you these scriptures. See, God never intended for us to do certain things. And this is why we have people that, that focus in, even for the darkness and the, and, and, the, and the demonic out there, more so than the light of Christ. It was never God's intention for us to focus so much on these spiritual things and not Jesus. That's right. It was never his intention. We, we get so what? I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it before, multiple times, right? So I'm not giving you some that the Lord didn't bring correction with me, right? I've been guilty of it because you hear things and we start like, man, oh, this is demonic, this is demonic. Who cares? Who cares? Let's focus in on Christ, Amen. which is the word of God. Amen. And I promise you, you will be anchored in the right direction. So if you have so much Holy Spirit, so much spirit, no word is there's an imbalance. If there's so much word, no Holy Spirit, there's an imbalance. They're supposed to coexist. They're even together. But one's going to glorify the other. That's right. In that. Alright, John 14, 26. We there? Yes. Alright. But the helper. Somebody said it, right? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So what is he teaching us, right? So some people read this and it's like. Well, he's giving me new revelation. No, he's teaching us all the things that Christ taught. Amen. That's what he's teaching. There's no new revelation. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that. We are not getting any new revelation. We are, he's giving us the word. He's giving us Jesus. Alright? And bring, oh, right there. And bring to your remembrance all things that, what? I said to you. That's right. Right? All things that I said to you. So this is what he's telling his disciples, his followers at this time. So even as he's telling them, and even when the Holy Spirit came, and they start to write these letters, now we have, I have my iPad, let me borrow your Bible. I won't lose your place. We have this word here. This is Jesus. Amen. Right? So how dare we say, hey, I had this, but I don't read my Bible. That's not godly. That's not the word. Because the Holy Spirit can't tell us something that's not in the word. Right? So even this prophetic movement that we have today, the word specifically speaks that, yeah, in Hebrews chapter 1, you can read it on your own, that yes, in the former times he spoke in the words of from prophets and things like that. Because they didn't have all the scriptures. Right? Doesn't mean the prophetic doesn't exist today. But it comes to should come to edify us. It should line up with the scriptures. We shouldn't be getting something new that we didn't see in the scriptures. We shouldn't be getting something new where now you got to give us a movie to make it make sense to us. There have been people like that. We experienced it firsthand. Some of you probably don't remember when one was in the house. <laughs> John chapter 16. 
sorry. Let's go to uh, Ezekiel 36. I forgot I, I hand wrote that in. Ezekiel 36, 26 verse. See, all this stuff was foretold in the Old Testament. And see, thank God we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right? The Old Testament people, they didn't have the New Testament. We have both. We have Genesis to Revelation. And, and, and why we feel we have to get more and, and, and do this and, and do that when we have all this word here. Everybody there? Ezekiel 36? Alright. Ezekiel 36. I'm going to read 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27. I will put my spirit. I will put my spirit. His Holy Spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Right? So we know without coming to Christ, we can't do what's in the book. <laughs> That's, right. That's impossible. impossible. We can try, but we're going to fall like a kid trying to learn how to ride a bike. Right? And it's going to hurt. Right? doesn't mean we won't have people that come seeking. Right? I talked about that before. doesn't mean they won't come seeking. But it's not until the Lord draws them in. And places his spirit inside of them, just like he did us, where now the revelation will come. Because in the natural, it won't make sense to them. Right? So, what is the role of the Holy Spirit also draws us together as one. Right? So, again, so when we have Christians that say, hey, nah, I don't go there. I don't go to church. I'm all right. I spend one-on-one -on -one time with God, and he speaks to me. There are Christians that say that. I know them firsthand. Alright? <laughs> or I'll just watch it on TV. We can go anywhere in this country, anywhere in the world, come across a group of believers, no matter what language they have, we have the same Holy Spirit That's as right. born again believers. Amen. So you know what's gonna what words are gonna stay the same? Hallelujah and Amen. That's right. Right? Hallelujah and Amen. For the most part, Amen. But definitely hallelujah. Right? So it doesn't matter where we go. So that's why whether I was traveling overseas, traveling here, I made it a place to find a body to connect with, right? So even if we're standing in a grocery store, we may be talking to somebody that, oh, the Holy Ghost fell, now we start to have church, right? And we're not sitting up here giving, oh, the Lord's telling me this, the Lord's telling me, no, just talk about Jesus. Why do we have to make it difficult? Why do we have to put a supernatural on every single thing we do? The Lord has given each and every one of us common sense. We don't need the Holy Spirit to tell us, don't walk in front of traffic. If you do, we're praying for you after service. That's right. We don't, we don't need the Holy Spirit to tell us, don't touch, don't jump in the fire. Now, we know some people in this world would do that, but they usually have mental illness, right? Demonic possession. We see that in the scripture. Amen. Right? So that's different. But for the most part, we're not bound by those things. We don't need the Holy Spirit to tell. We have, he, Lord has blessed us with intelligence and common sense. That's why he told Adam to name the animals. He wasn't right there saying, Adam, name them this. Adam, tell them. No. 
he gave Adam a brain. Right? So we have brains. Right? So again, we don't have to go all super spooky and say, hey, I need the Holy Spirit for this and this. He's giving us common sense, folks. Let's not make it difficult. Now, let's go to John 16. talking about they, these this all this is all stuff they were dealing with this is all stuff they were dealing with right but we don't hear this because leaders teachers they don't take the time to study this stuff out because until I studied it out I'm like well dang I know I seen it where he talked about he mentioned later DC and Colossians but man I would have never thought they dealing with the same thing
That is the purpose of the fivefold ministry. To teach us not for us to build our own selves up, right? Or not to make millions of dollars, but it's to teach the word of God, which is Jesus. That's right. Right? So Jesus is not separated from the Bible. If we have one, we have the other. Alright. Oh, okay. Uh he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. Watch this. For he shall not speak of himself. Amen. He shall not speak of himself. So, wait a minute. Again, this is why we have to be careful. Holy Spirit this, Holy Spirit that. Yes, he's God, but he's come to glorify Jesus. So, if you are in a church and all of just Holy Spirit sent it, that's not the word. Yes, the Holy Spirit is God, but he's come to glorify Jesus. So, and, and, and the, the, the biggest thing is this, we have so many, we have, well, no, I guess the same thing. We have a lot of ministries, a lot of ministers that are giving their own revelation and saying it's coming from the Lord. And they, and you've got Christians that are sitting up here, attending their conference, listening, and they're not giving one scripture, or maybe one scripture. Saying the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that, and, and we're trying to make ourselves into being some superhuman beings, we're still human. We're, we're fallen beings. Even though we have the Lord on the inside, we are going to make mistakes, folks. We can't beat ourselves up. We are going to make mistakes. So we have to be on guard of that. Right? And, and, and not try to be so perfect and so supernatural. We're saying, oh, I walk with the Lord all the time. I do not get offended. You're a liar. You are a liar. That's not of God. Because trust me, I could, I could offend you quick. <laughs> My wife should say amen to that. <laughs> I'm All right, let me finish up. <laughs> All right, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And when he will show you things to come, he shall, verse 14, he shall glorify me, not me, but Christ. He, this is the word. He shall glorify Christ. Yes, we can teach about the Holy Spirit. Yes, we teach about God. But we should be glorifying Jesus. Right? So this is the problem if we're in the church that is not teaching from the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation that you're not teaching Jesus. Because John says, in the beginning was the Word. Right? Verse 14 says the Word became flesh. That's Jesus. You can't have the Word, can't have the Bible without having Jesus. That's right. They're not separate. We can't talk about the Holy Spirit more than we talk about the Word of God. And I would challenge anybody on that. You can't give me a scripture that says otherwise. That's right. Nobody in this world can give me a scripture that says otherwise. I, and I'm reading to you these scriptures. They're in the Bible. So I hope y'all writing them down. Alright? Alright. Uh... Alright, verse 14, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you, verse 15, all things that the Father hath of mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and show, show it unto you. See, so, during this time, coming back to ladies here in Colossians, during this time, these are things that they were dealing with. This is why I said, there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. See, we, 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 we got Christians that thinking, oh, they found some new revelation in this. 
These are the things that Jesus was warning them not to do. This is what he was rebuking them not to do. Both the church at Colossae, Laodicea, and Hierapolis, that tri-city area, they were dealing with the same thing. It, because they were so close in proximity, it was the same spirit there. Yeah. Right? So we have to be careful of that. So now you have this movement today that is bound in this, and we have Christians that are following this stuff, and I'm praying that none of you get caught up in this. This is why I'm giving this to you, right? Because the Lord... And, I had no intention of speaking through that about this, this today. Because I thought we were going to get through Revelation. I had no intention. Of, and, and see, because I, I got something else, another point that we got to make, right? Because even with the prosperity movement, this is what Laodicea was dealing with, right? And we'll talk about that next week. But that's not Christ. That's not the scriptures, right? So we can't beat ourselves up. What I want to say, we can't beat ourselves up if we don't understand everything in the Bible. I don't understand everything in the Bible. Nobody on this planet understands it. We got people that quote scripture. Doesn't mean that yeah, they could quote and memorize scripture. They're not understanding everything in the Bible. Right? We, we, and, and the good thing about it is, and what I always say to you all is, remember, it wasn't written in chapter and verse. That's right. This is why Jesus spoke in parables. We know the stories. Right? We know about David and Goliath. We know about Daniel and Lions then. We know about the battle of Saul. We know that's in the scripture. We all read that, right? We, we know that's in there, right? We, we know how things are. Jesus talked about how the seed is sown, right? And then the enemy comes to, to rip it up because things are not rooted in people, right? We, we know about that. So you may not remember. No, you're going to remember that. And that's why he talks in stories and parables. So we will remember those things. We may not remember exactly what chapter, what verse, but we know in our heart of hearts, that's in the word. I read it. He painted the picture so that picture's on our mind. Praise the Lord. That's right. So we don't beat ourselves up. Trust me. Even when I first came to the Lord, I didn't know a lot of stuff from the scripture. So I would pull out commentaries. I would study things, try to get understanding of it, right? I'm not asking you all to do all that, right? But you may, right? You know, I will say this. You know, one thing Pastor Burns would say, he said a Christian should have a Bible, a dictionary, and a concordance. A Bible, dictionary, and a concordance. If you have those things, you will be all right. Right? Because for those concordance will tell you it, show you where every word is at in the Bible. So you're like, man, I know that scripture somewhere. I know, I don't know. But, you know, now we have the phones nowadays. So now we can just, what, Siri it? Right? <laughs> I do that. Right? I can't remember the scripture. I said, we can't beat ourselves up and thinking, hey, you know, Holy Spirit did. No. We have Jesus. The Holy Spirit's coming to glorify Jesus. The Father glorified the Son, Jesus. So we have to be careful of that because what happens is if we do that, now we start to get into mysticism. And we have songs, that's all they do is worship the Holy Spirit, and there's no mention of Christ. And we and and we were like and, and, and to our natural mind we're like okay what well, what natural spiritual mind we're like well I understand that because the Holy Spirit is is God right but understanding sound doctrine we should be glorifying Jesus right now doesn't mean fully we can't you know again the Holy Spirit is God but we can't 
100% always everything Holy Spirit saying. Right? Same thing we have churches that all they do is focus on God the Father. And those are dry churches. <laughs> For the most part, they're dry like what? Overcooked toast. Right? They're dry. <laughs> they're dry. Right? No, because we know that the Spirit is not there. But if you have a church that Christ sent it, the Holy Spirit's going to be there. Amen. Amen. The Father's going to be there because they're one. They won't be separated. So, understand, when we glorify Jesus and the Word, we glorify the Holy Spirit. When we glorify Jesus and the Word, we're glorifying God the Father. That's right. Amen. But these are things that they missed back then. These are things that the church of Colossians, they were dealing with because they didn't view Christ a certain way. And these are the same things that's going on today. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Amen. We'll, get into, we'll actually get into Revelation next week. Amen. Amen. Let's bow. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father God. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you for becoming flesh for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that we can glorify you, Lord. And I'm praying even now, Lord, that even this word that was brought forth, Lord, that the enemy would not come and steal it, Lord. I'm praying, Lord God, that this word, Lord God, that even the scriptures that was given, Father God, that we will go back and read the scriptures, Father God. For you have set the foundation. There is no other foundation laid but Jesus Christ, Lord. And that is the foundation, and that is who we are to be rooted in. And we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We thank you for the comforter, Lord God, that comes to glorify Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the great I Am. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God. So I'm praying, Father God, that you will help us to have understanding of your word, Lord God. For, Lord God, none of us understand everything fully in your word, Lord God. But I'm praying, even as we open up the scriptures, Lord God, that you will give us understanding and that we will see the truth, Lord God. The truth in your word, not our truth, Lord God. Not the world's truth, Lord God, but the truth in your word, oh, Heavenly Father God. So I just pray right now. That you will watch over us, Lord God. That you will protect us, Lord God. Give us the strength to endure, Father God, the trials and the tribulations that we may face, O oh Father God. That we will not be a part of that crowd that is falling away, O oh Heavenly Father God. Or getting into false doctrine, Lord God. But we will stay on sound doctrine, which is your word, which is yes. Jesus Christ. Which is the true, firm, only foundations to which we are to stand, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord God, for revealing your truth to us, Lord. You didn't have to do it, Lord God, but we just thank you, Father God. Even just like you didn't have to reveal your truth for the, to the seven churches in Revelation, but you did, Lord, because you love them and just like you love us, Lord. So I pray, Father God, that we will study to show ourselves approved, Father God, that we could be a sounding board, a warning, provide a warning to others, Lord God, that they will not be lost, Lord God, that they will not be given into to, to Gnostic behavior uh, and mysticism, Lord God. Or even into the prosperity movement, Lord God. I'm praying, Father God, that we will seek you out, Lord. And that, Lord God, that we will only speak your truth, not our truth, but your truth. And that we will glorify you, O Heavenly Father God. So, our Lord God, I pray that you will watch over us throughout this upcoming week, Lord God. Lord God, may your strength and your favor be upon us, Lord God. And, Lord God, give us discernment, Lord God. I pray for discernment and wisdom, Lord God. Even the things that we may face at work, Father God, the trials and the tribulations we may face at work, 
Give us the strength to overcome that, Lord God. Give us the wisdom, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to be wise as serpents, Lord God. And as harmless as doves, Lord God. Help us to walk in love, even in this season, Father God, of bickering and strife. It's not even about the season, Lord God. People are just doing it anyway, Father God. For the, the love of many is waxing cold, Lord God. But I'm praying, Lord God, that our love, our love for you, Father God, our love for others, Lord God, will not wax cold, O Heavenly Father God. But I'm praying, Father God, I'm praying, Lord God, that we will be ambassadors for you, Lord God. Yes. Not ambassadors for this world, but ambassadors for you, O Heavenly Father God. And that we will obey you, Father God. Give us the, the boldness, Father God. Even, even that the boldness that you, you, you gave Paul and Timothy, Lord God. Give us each that boldness, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Give us the boldness that you gave Daniel, Lord God. Yes. Give us the boldness, Lord God, that you gave Moses, Lord Heavenly Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Actually, we have it because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, Lord God. Yes. So help us, Lord God, to, to submit and surrender, Lord, to your will and to your way, Lord God. So we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, I ain't put y'all up too much. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 it's important because we, we, we are in these last days and there's a lot of junk that's been going on. All right, we're not going to have it here. We're not going to have it. We're going to have the truth. And like I told y'all way back when, it's going to challenge some of the stuff. Right? It's challenging me because I got to get it first. Right? It's challenging me and, it, and I'm like, wait a minute, Lord. You know, but... As I was praying this week, and even for us, that, that, that's what he wanted me to go with. And uh, so, prayerfully, God willing, we'll get to Revelation. We'll get in the book, right? There's, there's some good stuff there, right? But it all it all ties together, and, I, and I'll touch on some of the stuff that I said at the beginning. Because it all ties together. Because it, it really, we may overlook things as we read about Lady Decent. Because of things we may not understand. But again, it's Christ speaking in that language. Right. And um, there's, there's some good stuff in there that we can apply to our lives. And, and we have to be on guard in that. All right. So we are in chapter 4, 1 Corinthians. Uh, yes. Yep. Um, chapter 1. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Chapter 4. I got mind cream. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians, chapter 4. That, that, that's what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>